0: Episode 108 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that shares all of the good stuff, the good news that's going on out there, and we celebrate those people who are making it all happen. I am your host, Tressa Glover. Thank you so much for listening in today, for being here. We've got a great episode coming up for you. This episode actually drops the day before World Kindness Day, which is on November 13th. So, of course, that's got me thinking. I'm wondering, and I'd love to hear how you will celebrate or did celebrate that day, World Kindness Day. And I have some ideas here that I wanted to share with you, some ideas, things I've gathered that I've jotted down. And I have it broken into two groups, if you will, strangers and friends, family. So, for example, under strangers, there's adding quarters to parking meters that are about to expire or leaving some quarters just right there on the meters for folks to use. I've done that, and I actually leave a little post-it note along with it. Also, donating blood donating to a food pantry or you know even just as you're going through your day paying closer attention maybe to those around you who might need a hand or of course the paying for the person's drink behind you at the coffee shop or paying for someone's order at the grocery store or whatever that may look like to you and then under friends family checking in with someone who's been going through a rough time, or maybe someone that you just haven't heard from, you haven't talked to in a while. Or maybe there's someone who's going through a great time. Check in with them and ask them all about it. You can surprise someone with their favorite coffee drink or maybe a guilty pleasure dessert, perhaps. There obviously are no wrong gestures here, just connections to be made and conversations to be had, and perhaps lives to be made better. And if you'd like to share with us what you do, what you did on this day, email us here at yinsaregood at gmail.com. You know, we love and hope to hear from you. And who is the guest we'll be hearing from today? Oh my, I had the pleasure of talking with Monica Orlock, the CEO and Executive Director of Operation Troop Appreciation, the fantastic organization that supports not only our soldiers currently serving, but our veterans returning home who are struggling financially, physically, and mentally. Just wait until you hear everything they do and how many troops and veterans they've helped thus far. And a big thank you to Sharon Leotis, who contacted me about OTA, and connected me with Monica. Sharon is one of uh, one of their board members, so also thank you, Sharon, for the work that you do as part of their team. And then we have, name that neighborhood. Don Julio returns. I think he's enjoying this uh, alternating situation we have between this segment and in case Ian's missed it so we'll see how that plays out today and one more thing i am thrilled to announce our guests for our live christmas show coming up on monday december 11th That was a really long drum roll. Anywho, our guests will be Pittsburgh legend and 10-time Regional Emmy Award winner Rick Seaback and Food Network champion, artist, author, and cookie activist Jasmine M. Cho. What? How fun is this going to be, I ask you? But wait, there's more. We'll have Christmas cookies. We'll have beverages of the alcoholic and non-alcoholic varieties, all included as part of your ticket price. We're going to have carolers. We're going to have a giving tree. So you may be familiar with a giving tree or an angel tree, as some folks call it. So the ornaments on our giving tree will be notes for items or volunteer opportunities, Requested by nonprofits who've been featured right here on Yin's Are Good. And then Yin's audience members will be encouraged to select an ornament and provide its request during the holiday season. We're so excited for this show, and we hope you'll join us. The link to tickets is in our show notes, and you can also check out our website, www.yinsaregood.com. And it'll be under the events tab, which will give you the info there as well. Monday, December 11th. But now, let's keep this party rolling. Here comes some more good stuff. Hi, Monica. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm so glad that we're getting to do this. So am I. And I just, re- well, I recently, well, I, I guess I met Sharon. Oh gosh, it was August already. Oh my, okay. When she wrote to me, I wasn't familiar with your organization. I'm sorry to say, but gosh, I'm so glad I am now.
1: Well, it's, you know, we, we're we not like other organizations. We don't really pay for advertising. <laughs> you yeah, know, we're just, we are founded on the principle that we volunteer to serve those who volunteer to serve our country. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, any penny that we spend on, advertising takes away from, you know, what we're able to give to our troops and veterans. So very limited on uh, spending money on those types of things. So these types of opportunities are very welcome.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy to do it. Just to kind of kick our conversation off. Yeah. Could you tell us maybe a little just about yourself and how you got involved with Operation Troop appreciation.
1: Perfect. Um, so my name is Monica Orlock. I am the volunteer CEO slash executive director of Operation Troop Appreciation. Um, it, that really sounds like a fancy title, but I'm just a volunteer like everybody else on the team. Uh, I just do more of the administrative and legal work as well as bringing in funding to the organization We are coming up on our 20th anniversary in July of 2024, and I'm a founding member of the organization. Um, On July 4th of 2004, I read a newspaper article about a woman named Kristen Holloway, who was starting this military support organization and was looking for volunteers. And I was really excited because I had... Uh, some family members. He had a very good friend who was deployed uh, overseas and had been doing what I could to help support them personally and was, had been seeking an opportunity to do more. So I cut out the article and I put it on my refrigerator with a magnet with the intent to call her the next day since it was a holiday and um, went to a 4th of July event at Soldiers and Sailors Hall in Oakland. And standing in a crowd of about 1500 people right next to me was Kristen. No, I recognized her picture from the newspaper, introduced myself, and um, here we are 20 years later. And (laughs) oh my god, over 200,000 deployed troops and veterans now that we've served and we've grown, and um. You know, we thought we'd do this until the war was over, and well, here we are.
0: Here we are, two hundred thousand served. Yes. Oh my gosh. And to, I, to, I mean, it's two hundred
1: and five thousand now, but oh we we hit the landmark a few months ago, so it's really exciting.
0: That just has to be, yeah. How does that feel? I don't know if that's the right question, but you know, is it when you think back to two thousand four? And being like, okay, we want to do this thing, and being able to say that now over two hundred thousand,
1: um, it's it's very surreal in 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 a lot of aspects. You know, when we embarked on this journey, um, you know, we had both grown up pretty much with the Gulf War and Desert Storm, which were, you know, over in a matter of a couple of months. So mm-hmm. we had no we had no vision to be here twenty years later, right? It was we're going to do what we can with what we have. While we can and uh, while we're needed. And it became apparent to us relatively soon into the journey that, you know, this is going to be different and this needs not going to go away. Um, And we really had to rely on our professional experience. Um, You know, Kristen was working for PBG Industries, she had an audit and accounting background. I was working for a financial services technology company. So I had a lot of product development, sales, marketing experience, and it, you kind of married our two minds and it, it gave us a really good wealth of knowledge to draw on, even though we had very little nonprofit and military experience. Um, but it, it formed a base in that foundation that we needed um, to quickly adjust our thinking I still sit here today thinking, well, where's the past 20 years gone? And I never mm-hmm. imagined I would be doing this still. Now and- I can't imagine doing it, yeah, not doing it. Like it's become such an intrinsic part of my life.
0: Oh my gosh. And as you mentioned, so you volunteer, everyone. Yes. Who's involved volunteers.
1: Yes. From the board of directors, officers, all the way down, nobody gets paid in this organization, mm.
0: and so you're still working. Let me why don't I ask the question? Yes, I have and a so, full
1: time job.
0: <laughs> you do still, I was like what? it was a statement for some reason. Like, let me tell you what you're doing.
1: Yes, so you still- <laughs> yes, I actually am still working in the financial services technology wow. um, industry, and um, so it, it's really like having two full time jobs one that pays the bills, one that pays my heart.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. And I was, I was going to ask this. It must be as far as the time that you spend and, and your commitment, it must be like a full-time job, just the time
1: involved. Yes, it does. And, you know, fortunately we have a great team of volunteers. Mm.
0: So let's talk about exactly what you are doing for our veterans and those currently serving.
1: Sure,
0: and there well, are two we, kind of, there are
1: two parts of it, yeah, so yeah, so we we started with our active duty wish list program, and that gives any troops that are deployed anywhere in the world, and this is troops from all over the country. We don't you know we're not limited in the active duty program to Western Pennsylvania wherever you are, if you any branch of service, including National Guard and Reserve. If you have been charged with performing humanitarian or combat uh, duties on behalf of the United States, we are here to support you. So our troops literally contact us through our website and they fill out a form. It's a a wish list. Who are you? How many of uh, are at your location? Um, If you're permitted, a little bit about your mission, and what do you need? And we focus on things that are going to boost their morale, aid them in their mission, or are items they would otherwise have to pay for out of pocket. So we're trying to relieve that financial burden on the troops themselves and/or their families. Um, and and we do that, you know, by really sending things that maybe might be a better quality than what a standard military issue item is, or support the specific needs of their mission. Um, so it, we run the gamut from supplemental tactical equipment to you know Doritos <laughs> everything in between um, so it's 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 varied based on where those troops are serving, what the conditions are, and what their mission is.
0: And so and and then talking about what you provide to, the veterans, those who are returning home.
1: Yeah. So we yeah. You know, we, we started in 2004 with active duty and, and that was just trugging along, doing very well. And then we had the drawdown in the Middle East. So the number of troops that were deployed was greatly reduced. And at that time, you know, we, we were still getting a significant amount of funding. And we spent a year in 2013, uh, we spent the entire year meeting with the VA and specifically their healthcare for homeless veterans program and other veteran support organizations in Western Pennsylvania. And what we wanted to do was identify gaps in services that our veterans received but greatly needed. And we wanted to do that in a way that allowed us to utilize our skill set. We become really good at getting stuff into the hands of people who need it and spending very little money for it. Mm. So how can we transition that into veteran care? And what we found is that, well, the veterans are getting excellent medical care, especially in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, Veterans travel to Pittsburgh just for the medical care uh, because it's one of the best in the country for VA support. So it's really, you know, where does the support stop? And the veterans are getting their medical care. They're getting occupational training. They're getting housing. There's federal funding to take homeless or at risk of being homeless veterans or those who have been disabled and need a need a home in the housing. And then it kind of drops off. So what we found is that, you know, we were talking to veterans who were getting housed and then within six months, we're back on the street or having a relapse they're in their recovery and the reason why is because they could get into a, a an apartment but it's empty they're sleeping mm-hmm. on the floor they don't have anything to cook with they don't have anything to keep their apartment clean and they don't have the funding to spend the thousands of dollars you need if you've ever moved into a new home you know how much it costs to get yeah. everything you need so we identified two services which are getting beds brand new beds and our Welcome Home Move-In Starter Kit, which is basically everything brand new that you could possibly need when you first move into your into an apartment or a home. And that really was intended to cut down on the rate of recidivism in the homeless community because now you're not sleeping on the floor. You're in a comfortable brand new bed. You've got everything you need to cook healthy meals. You're going to get a good night's sleep. And that's going to increase your chances of recovery by... You know, 200%. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But we also found that they don't have good transportation. So they weren't going to doctor's appointments or therapy or counseling or couldn't get to job interviews. And a lot of these veterans, especially the post-9-11 veterans, aren't going to get on a bus. They're not comfortable in crowds. They're not. um, And, you know, we had to find a comfortable way to get them to those appointments. So we actually utilize a vet taxi in Pittsburgh, as well as Uber and Lyft. And we make sure that all of those veterans get to any appointment, including job interviews, court appearances, and um, all the medical needs are covered. And by doing so, we've now really given those veterans a foundation to upward trajectory and the quality of their life and the increased odds of them recovering.
0: Mm. And how many different facets there are too, and, and I know probably some like when you were talking about transportation that perhaps we don't all think about. Like, I know that's something that hadn't crossed my mind.
1: Yeah, well, like and uh, know, especially now with um, some legislation that's changed, post 911 veterans, in order to get their disability ratings ac- adequately adjusted, um, have to go through what's called a CMP exam. So they were given a a hard date deadline that they had to get to a VA approved facility for very extensive physical tests and examination in order to get a proper disability rating. Well, that's thousands and thousands of of veterans and, you know, they were just slotting them wherever there was an open appointment. So we were literally transporting, you know, uh, veterans that lived in, pittsburgh to johnstown or even to ohio or west virginia um, oh my gosh so you know the tra- transportation is a huge huge need because they can't afford vehicles and mm-hmm. can't afford to put gas in the vehicles or they can't re- afford to get repairs on a vehicle that they might have mm-hmm. and a lot of them just don't have the support system you know that allows others to you know family members to get them to where they need to go so that's been a critical aspect
0: yeah. And also when you're talking about beds, you know, okay, they have these apartments or they're, they're moving into a place, but that it's empty and it, yes. you know, and they're sitting on the floor and it is it's that.
1: Yeah. And you know, we really, we've, we've framed the program. I mean, it's called welcome home and it's really kind of loosely based on our tradition of bringing a welcome home gift to someone who moves into a new home. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything that we provide is brand new. It is given as a hand up, not a hand out, um, Mm -hmm. with our thanks for their service and sacrifice. And, you know, it, 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 when you have a veteran tell you that they were more comfortable in the homeless shelter because they had a cot to sleep on and got three hot meals a day, um, Mm -hmm. then, you know, kind of motivates you to make sure that they're comfortable in their own place, um, so, you know, if you're in an empty apartment you're sleeping on the floor and you're not feeling well mentally to begin with, your your odds are not great that you're mm-hmm. going to get any better in that situation. But, you know, again, if you're sleeping well and you're eating healthy and you're able to get out and about because you can get transportation to the places you need to go, um, just removing those burdens can change the morale of that veteran um, tremendously.
0: Mm. And I would think too, you know, there there is, and I have not, I'm not a veteran or, you know, myself, you know, as we hear from folks, there's also as when you're returning, how do you begin this life here after what you've experienced after what you've been through and when there are these obstacles that only I would think increases that feeling of uh, where am I, how do I adapt to being back? How do I adapt to civilian life and do all of this? And so all of these, I mean, these are such gifts that you're giving to them.
1: Yeah. And and they're really just, you know, they're critical, but they're basic need items. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, we're not doing, you know, something extraordinary, it's a bed, right? It's a comfortable bed to sleep in. It's a pots and pans and, you know, all that stuff that you need to, Mm -hmm. to just survive. And, um, but the impact is, it it has been overwhelming. Um, Mm. You know, the positive feedback that we get from the veterans, the thank you cards, you know, they're like kids at Christmas when, you know, their case manager delivers you know this whole car load it's a full pallet full of items you know it's uh, it's um it's a lot you know it's pillows and sheets and laundry supplies cleaning supplies pots and pans bakeware cookware uh, silverware glassware uh, light bulbs ice cube dish uh, dishcloths and wash rags and towels for your bathroom and you know the things that we really do take for granted
0: yeah absolutely Do you get to, you yourself get to interact with either, you know, those who are serving that you're sending things to or the vets
1: coming home? More the veterans because, you know, our program is limited to Western Pennsylvania logistically. You know, that's where we are so we can serve that community. The um, troops overseas, we occasionally will have a, a, a veteran walk in the door and say, Hey, when I was deployed to Iraq, you guys sent me whatever. And I got to tell you, it was the best gift we ever got. Um, You know, so, but we, we interact with our troops overseas via email primarily. Um, And if they happen to come to Pittsburgh, um, they usually make it a point to visit us to say thank you. And we have helped, I mean, quite a few, especially Pennsylvania national guardsmen, um, who deployed multiple times to Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to meet those. Um, but the vast number of them, you know, they're all over the country and, you know, they go back to their home bases. So we don't get to meet them as much, but we definitely try to stay as connected to the veteran community as we can.
0: That's so wonderful. And I, and when you're talking about getting emails and getting thank you cards and, or even like you said, someone coming in and making a point to thank you, is there anyone? that you have talked with or an email that you've gotten or a card that really
1: stays with you or uh... Um, there's, it's actually a personal experience that uh, was completely serendipitous. I guess is probably the best word. I traveled for my job frequently a few years back and um, I was always, you know, laid over at one airport or another and I was in Charlotte flying back to Pittsburgh. And I noticed that there was a Marine, leaning against the wall. And because I flew so much, I'd automatically been upgraded to first class. So I went up to the ticket window, you know, the counter and asked if they would um, give that Marine my first class seat. And uh, Hmm. they said, don't worry. First class wasn't full. We've already taken care of them. Awesome. Hmm. Um, So I get, I get a, yeah, I get a, a more comfortable seat for this short flight to Pittsburgh. Well, it so happened that I was seated next to him. Oh my gosh! And I didn't want to bother him. He looked really tired, and uh, he was obviously on his way somewhere. And um, I just handed him my business card for OTA and said, "If you find yourself deployed, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to help you." And he looked at the card and he went, "Well, actually, I'm we're deploying next year. I'm I'm going home for." my last R and R before we deploy again to see my family. And um, he goes, uh, I can't tell you where I'm going. I said, no, don't want to know. Just know that we're here to help you when you get there. And he's looking at the card and he went operation troop appreciation. Hey, you're those guys from Pittsburgh, aren't you? And I said, yes, we are. And he went, you saved my life. And I said, excuse me. And he said, did you send Leatherman Utility Knives to, and he named the Marine unit specifically that he belonged to, um, two years ago. And I said, yes, we did. We sent, I think there were 400 Marines in that uh, unit. And he went, yep, that was my unit. And he said, we were out on a patrol. We were out on a convoy. We were actually, had completed our mission and we're coming back. They were in Iraq. We're coming back to... Um, our forward operating base, and we were taking fire. There there were insurgents or whatever you call them on both sides of the convoy. Um, And one of the trucks in the convoy, which is two trucks ahead of his, broke down. And he's a trained mechanic. So he said, you know, we couldn't stay out there. We were sitting ducks. Um, So I took my Leatherman and I took my buddy's Leatherman and literally crawled under the trucks. And did a jerry rig repair to the truck to get it functional again to get us back to base. And we got back and not one person was injured, not one casualty. And had we not had those Leatherman utility knives, that would not have been the case. So thank you for saving our lives that day.
0: Oh, my. So I, okay, I'm like... I had tears over here.
1: Well, I had tears sitting in the seat next to him and Uh, I I did not want to turn into a blubbering idiot. You know,
0: (laughs) I was going to say, what did you even, you know, how do you even absorb that in that moment?
1: Yeah. And I think that was the first time that it hit me that we're, you know, we get so involved in the day to day. We're shipping this box and there's snacks and there's body wash and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, you kind of get into a just a, a pattern of you're not even conscious of what you're doing. And it hit home that like we are actually helping our troops survive. Mm-hmm. And it's bigger than kind of how we perceived it in our in our minds that we were truly having an impact. And that was a very humbling moment for me. Very humbling, but mm-hmm. very rewarding at the same time. Like, wow, yeah. I'm doing, I'm, I'm really making a difference here. I yeah. never, it never occurred to me, you know, to that, to that extent.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it goes without saying the fact that you were seated next to each other. I mean, come on.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know? that's
1: yeah. And I remember saying, boy, oh. I hope you get seated next to me whenever they told me he got upgraded. I said, that would be so cool, yeah. you know, because I do like to try to talk to as many, you know, troops as I can. You know, Mm. I do. When I was traveling a lot, there were always soldiers in a restaurant where I was eating lunch. And I just say, you know, can you put their bill on my tab? And after I leave, give them my business card and tell them to please contact us if they need help. Because I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't going to bother them, but I wanted to take care of them. You know, and uh, we actually got a few troop requests who said, Monica pay for my lunch at the airport at oh hair you know Oh, <laughs> this is pretty cool
0: oh my goodness and I, yeah so- i don't
1: think people realize that especially right now uh, with everything that's going on mm-hmm. we have our troop requests have gone up so we've we're getting a lot of requests right now from troops that are on their way to the middle east um but We already had thousands of people there. We have been supporting troops that are in Iraq, Syria, Jordan, Kuwait, Qatar, um, Djibouti, Niger, um, the Horn of Africa, you know, for the past past couple of years. Like, I think everyone thinks after what happened in Afghanistan and that abrupt withdrawal and ultimate attack at, at Kabul that, like, Oh, they came home. Well, they didn't. You know, they they were redeployed. <laughs> they they just moved into other areas, um, and they're still deploying. And now we're deploying even more. Yeah, you know, we're here. We're we're happy. We're here to to serve them. And
0: we're glad you're here too. And so, do you accept donations of item? Oh, we I hear your puppy. We love dogs. Yeah, I'm sorry.
1: I've got two. No, of them that, no.
0: Um, what kind of dogs are they?
1: I have a a two rescue dogs. One is a Dachshund-Jack uh, Russell mix named oh, Stylo. <laughs> and then I have a Rat Terrier mix named Shadow, who is the puppy. She's oh, going to be two in December. And uh, the two of them are a force to be reckoned with. Let me tell you. <laughs> they rule the roost, so to speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so, Yeah, so do you accept... Donations of items.
1: So uh, quite honestly, the best is a financial donation only because we've secured volume discount pricing. Mm. So your buck goes a lot further than if you go and purchase something yourself, right? Because I'm going to get a significant discount because I'm buying it in bulk, but we have a donation item list for both programs. Um, a lot of times you know, a a Kohl's or Macy's will have like a blowout sale on pillows or bedding, you know, comforters and um, small appliances. And um, we have a lot of people who will take advantage of that sale and say, Hey, instead of donating a hundred dollars, I could get, you know, 10, you know, comforters or whatever, because the price is so low and they'll do that. But we take, um, we, we can't take furniture. We, we are not in a position to, to take any used furniture because we don't have the facilities to clean and sanitize and refurbish. But we can't mm-hmm. take small uh, end tables, nightstands, lamps, those types of items, because most of our men and women are going into smaller apartments. Um, mm-hmm. But um, all of the, the new stuff can be purchased. We have an Amazon charity page. So you can just look up Operation Troop Appreciation on Amazon and you can buy something off our list on Amazon. So, yeah, there's many ways. And, of course, we always need volunteers. Yes. And we have a big building now that we purchased that we're in the process of renovating on Pennsylvania Avenue in West Smithland. It's a two-story building. Um, It was built originally by the Knights of Columbus. Um, and then a church moved in for a while and they kind of let the building go to disrepair. So we are completely renovating the building from top to bottom. And um, it's beautiful. It will be beautiful when it's completed, um, but it's going to allow us to expand our welcome home services. Um, so we're really excited about that. But that also then brings you know an increased need for volunteers, especially to help us with the veteran programs. Congratulations on that. I mean, that's... Thank you. When we're finished, we're going to have a large event space where we're going to provide the opportunity for veterans to just come to a place where they're comfortable and, you know, maybe we'll have a Steeler viewing game party or a (laughs) penguin hockey night or family movie night um, where, you know, you can come with your families. And then we also are going to provide a veteran lounge which is kind of set up like a living room with a little work area that a veteran can meet with a case manager. So the case manager doesn't have to travel as far or the veteran doesn't have to travel to the case manager. They can just come to OTA, have their meeting. Veterans will have access to laptops and the internet so they can look up, you know, any type of benefit information they need. And then we're going to have just volunteer permitting um, open hours throughout the week where you know veterans can just pop in and grab a cup of coffee and get literature on programs, um, as well as job fairs and you know, bringing veteran benefit information uh, to the heart of the Mount, Mon Valley, where there really isn't a large central location for veterans to get access to that stuff.
0: Wow, I, I, it's just incredible. everything, that you're already doing in that new space, but that you plan to do. And what? Oh, it's just, I, just, I mean, I'm telling you what you already know, of course, how important. Well, how and we want to make our is.
1: space available too, to other veteran and military groups that just might need a meeting space. Yeah. You know, it's free. You know, as long as it's military or veteran related, there's no charge. We don't charge. We're not planning to become, you know, the social hall for the community where we charge rent for you to, you know, of your graduation party, everything that we do will be focused on our troops and veterans, um, and we're not going to charge our troops and veterans if they need to use the space. So it's it's very exciting. We're I'm impatient. You know, I just yeah you know, I thought you would just hire a contractor and then you know three months later they're done. Um, and I, we've been in the building for a year now, and we're still trying to get that you know general contractor who's willing to come in and you know got the place and renovate it for us.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we'll get there. You know, it's just, it's a process. And
0: I'm just really I'm so grateful for you and your team and for everything you're doing for so many people. Thanks and that you're so continuing. Well, we appreciate I appreciate that. Oh my gosh. And and the new as you keep as you are, you keep coming up with what else can we do? What more can we do? And that's just
1: yeah, and I think that's probably been the key to our sustainability. We never traveled outside our lane, yeah. right? We, yeah. we found ways to expand our impact in the number of troops and veterans we serve, but doing so while remaining true to our core competencies, um, you know, and 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 what we know and do best. Um, and I, you know, we're we're one of a few. volunteer charities that's survived even more than five years, let alone 20 Mm. um, in the country. Um, And that we're very proud of, you know, because we were founded on that principle that we volunteer to serve those that volunteer to serve our country. And, you know, we everyone has told us from the day we opened our doors that we would never be able to sustain this. We would never be able to get funding. People are not gonna give you grants if you're not paying someone. And we found that the exact opposite to be true. I think you know, grant funders appreciate the fact that that at least you know ninety percent of what they're giving us is going directly to our programs, not lining our pockets, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. our overhead is very low, right? Right. And I think that individual donors um, appreciate the fact that the same. They know where their money's going, and it's going nowhere else but to the troops and veterans. Yes,
0: and so folks can go to your website to get to, you know, learn more. And also, as you were saying, go to Amazon and I'll have all that info in our show notes, of course, but are those the, that's really the best way to to learn more and to, to get all the information. Yeah. You
1: go to our website, which is operation troop appreciation.org. Um, you can like us and follow us on Facebook. So any events that we're having and after veterans day is really like our busiest time, mm. um, but we're, we're sending Christmas stockings to our troops overseas. We're also doing a, a gift supply for veterans in need over the holidays. Um, we do that through an angel tree uh, process. So you'll start seeing angel trees pop up um, in the South Hills primarily. Um, that will have specific things that our veterans' children have asked Santa for. And they're wrapped with tags from Santa. Um, and the veteran just comes and picks them up. And they also then have a supply of donated toys that they can choose so that there's also gifts from mommy and daddy under the tree as well. So, you know, we're really excited about doing that. You know, the holidays are, are somewhat stressful for a lot of our veterans. Um, so we want to make it as stress-free as possible.
0: Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing.
1: Well, I thank you for having me on and, um Let me chat about what we do.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's my! Pleasure. I'm sure
1: you noticed I, I have no shortage of you know <laughs> stuff I could talk about when it comes to OTA. I could go on forever. <laughs>
0: oh well, thank you. Hi, Don. Hey, Tressa. <laughs>
2: Fancy meeting you here.
0: I know, right? Yeah. Name that neighborhood is back. Is it now? <laughs> I I mentioned earlier uh in the episode that I feel like you really appreciate the alternating of the segments.
2: I do indeed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Gives you a little break and I totally understand that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it's always uh it's always a fun surprise when you unveil which one is going to be, you know, when we record. <laughs> Isn't it, it, though? Yeah. Listeners, it usually happens right before we record. So, (laughs) surprise. Name that neighborhood. Yeah. Here we go. You get the honest reactions, though, that you're looking for, which is great.
0: (laughs) Well, right off the bat, Don, there are only three statements of fact.
2: Oh. I'm
0: just going to tell you right now.
2: Aren't you the sweetest?
0: Well, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) And your neighborhoods of choice. Yes. Oakland. Mm Mm-hmm. Or... Beach view. Okay. Uh
2: huh. Uh-huh. So the land of oaks or the view of beaches.
0: Sure. All right. That would be an, an alternate way of saying it.
2: Well, yeah, that's that's my phrasing. <laughs> my phraseology. If yeah.
0: You will. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Sure. Uh, let's just jump in, shall we? We shall. Number one, the PNC Carousel. Which sits along a green plaza that used to be a parking lot has resided in this neighborhood since 2006.
2: Well, let's uh, jump right in to (laughs) Oakland.
0: Hooray! Ah. Jump in, we shall! It is! Yay! Yeah! So the Green Plaza. Uh huh. Would be Shenley Plaza. Mm-hmm. And it is a Victorian style carousel. As I mentioned, erected in 2006, built by American craftsmen. Do you know the carousel of which I speak?
2: I do not. Oh. Oh. I thought you. <laughs> oh, my. Thought you thought... We're speaking of carousels, but now I feel like I'm on a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is along where. Uh, the, Yeah, it used to be the big parking lot there by the museum. Mm -hmm. And there's the porch restaurant, and that little carousel is tucked behind there.
2: And we've been to the porch. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just, I guess my observational skills were not strong.
0: Well, no. And and again, too, I wasn't sure if you knew, because had I said it, if I knew, like, oh, right, remember when we rode on it? (laughs) Then that would have been weird.
2: (laughs) What a roundabout way to get to that.
0: Oh, no. Mm -hmm. But this carousel is open from mid-April through mid-October every year. Uh, Old-timey Wurlitzer music plays in the background when you ride it.
2: Love a good Wurlitzer. Don't you, though? There's not enough of them.
0: Right. Actually, that's very true. Uh, Yes. We saw one up near Erie, or we were up... Foxburg. In Foxburg. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. That
2: was awesome.
0: Um, But yes, this one can accommodate 17 riders at a time. And it's the second carousel to have made Oakland its home. The original Shenley Park carousel was opened to the public in 1913. It was at the corner of Panther Hollow and Greenfield Roads. And both today's carousel and that original showcased a menagerie of animals. So not just horses, but there's a camel on this new one, a camel, an elephant, a giraffe, an ostrich, rabbit, seahorse, and some others. And, I love this, this menagerie symbolizes the fellowship and diversity of Pittsburgh.
2: Hmm. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. ostriches are fast. They're they're fast-moving land (laughs) birds.
0: Yes, they are. I wonder if it moves faster than the other animals on the
2: ride. Oh, that would be interesting.
0: We're going to, you know what, they're clo- they are closed in mid-October. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back in April. Okay. And time it.
2: Figure it out. Yes. Well, it's nice that they've come full circle. Oh, no. <laughs> From the carousel of yesteryear oh, to the God. carousel of today.
0: Okay. Well, you're one for one. That's what matters here That's right now in matters. this moment. Yes. <laughs> Number two. If you're looking for the steepest, Street in the United States, you best head over to Canton Avenue in this neighborhood.
2: Well, you might not see the beach from there, but it is beach view.
0: I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but you're right! <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Canton Avenue is the steepest recorded public street in the United States. It has a 37% grade. Wow. Yeah. Now this I've only fact checked in one place. So I'm just going to say right now Mm -hmm. this part of it I can't officially confirm yet but allegedly there is (laughs) one steeper (laughs) recorded public street in the world and it's in scotland okay that edges canton avenue out by just a little bit sure have you ever been on canton avenue or driven on uh, it i have not yeah i don't think i haven't either yeah but it's pretty scary apparently yeah to do it
2: well, and if it's uh steeper than potomac avenue here on the in the south hills yeah oh that would be scary
0: yeah that one's oh my gosh hmm look at that here look at it here it's number are. three i oh feel like gosh. should i make some more up i, I could just know. make some things up
2: i don't know i'm so far i have a 37 percent grade on this <laughs> episode of name that neighborhood oh, oh no i'm 70 66 well, percent.
0: No, yes look hmm. at you let's do it number three
2: mm-hmm.
0: pittsburgh has more sets of public stairs than any city in america this neighborhood is home to 29 of them
2: hmm. well i don't know the answer yeah yeah okay so i'm gonna throw it out based mm-hmm. on context clues mm-hmm. you know we got some steep streets in beach view mm-hmm. which means you might need some stairs mm-hmm. if you're not driving them mm-hmm. but also you know, you might have to take a step up to a carousel or step through a park. Mm-hmm. Um, stalling, as you can tell. There. <laughs> um, no,
0: it's fascinating. I, I love the hearing, the yeah, inner workings sure, the of, inner of workings your
2: mind. The inner workings of the mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to say beach view and whatever happens after this, Tressa, we'll be Okay.
0: Having those in the same. It is Oakland! Okay. For those darn carousels! Uh,
2: I just took a step down yeah. in the estimation of your listening public.
0: <laughs> I, I hardly think that. Uh. It's Oakland! Oh. And many of these are open in safe condition, and two of them, one at Jean Caire Street uh-huh. and one at Louisa Street, also contain runnels which allows cyclists to easily transport their bike up or down the flight. Pretty cool. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it is true. The city of Pittsburgh, more sets of stairs than anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. And thinking about it, like we're talking about how many of our neighborhoods and areas have such high, steep hills. Yeah. And so especially back in the day, mm-hmm. easiest way to do it build steps into the side of them and that's what folks use to get to work. Yeah. And yeah. So we have about 800 sets of these stairs all together. And if you lined them all up, about 18 miles of steps. No way. Yeah. It's true. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and so for Oakland have 29 sets of them, Uh you know, and they're not all, you know, the, the length of them varies of course, Uh but yeah, Yeah. it's a lot. Uh, Tucked away.
2: Man. I guess you can say that uh, Pittsburgh has a step up on the competing cities. Oh, boy, you could. Sets of stairs.
0: You could say that.
2: I I did say that. You
0: did. You sure did say
2: it. Boy, it would be a fun game to put on a Fitbit and see if it counts all the steps.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is, there is a, I'm trying to remember the name of it now, but there is something that folks do, Mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily have to do it. It's not like you don't do it in one day. Mm -hmm. But you check off all of the sets of stairs in Pittsburgh. Like you go through and you do them and then you keep track and you do them all maybe within a year or within a certain period of time. Yeah. You find them all. Yeah.
2: Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And uh, representatives of Fitbit, feel free to reach out. (laughs) We'll be your guinea pigs and we'll see.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I thank you. I welcome you. (laughs) Yes. I thank you for this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go right into it, Don, because I can. Because you can. <laughs> no, this, it's going to bring this episode 108 to a close. Oh, dang. I know. Wow. Listeners, thank you so much again for tuning in, for pressing play on this episode. I'm so glad that you're here. And a huge thank you to Monica Orlick and all of the work that they're doing at Operation Troop. Appreciation, please do be sure to check out our show notes for all of the info regarding them, where you can find them, and also info for our upcoming live Christmas show is all in those notes as well. And if you want to email us here, any stories of kindness, acts of goodness, who are you grateful for, or again, for World Kindness Day, if there's anything you did that you want to share with us, email us here. Yins are good at gmail.com. I wish you a healthy and happy week ahead. And until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thanks to Don DiGiulio, and as always, for our fabulous artwork, Mike Ravino.